Give thy command to thy servant, and save the son of thy handmaid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is not only the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. It is also the Feast of St. Augustine, the Doctor of Grace. The liturgical providence of God has so beautifully ordered things today that we hear the gospel of the son of the widow of Nahum raised from death and given back to his mother. In this very gospel, the church recognizes St. Augustine's own return to the life of grace. Augustine, the only son of a widowed mother, Monica, was raised to life again when our Lord Jesus Christ, moved by the tears of his mother, said to him, Young man, I say to thee, arise. Even in the introit, taken from Psalm 85, we find the figure of St. Augustine. For the psalmist expresses the prayer that Augustine made his own. Oh, look upon me and have mercy on me. Give thy command to thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. Thy handmaid, Monica. St. Augustine himself preached on today's gospel in his 98th sermon. And so I thought that today I might step aside. And for a few moments, allow St. Augustine to preach to us. What does he say concerning the gospel? He speaks of the resurrection of the young man from bodily death and compares it to the resurrection of sinners from the death of the soul. Augustine says, The widowed mother rejoiced at the raising again of that young man. Of men raised again in spirit day by day, does Mother Church rejoice? So you have Mother Monica, Mother Church, the mother of the widow of Nain. He indeed was dead in the body, but they, sinners, in soul. His visible death was bewailed visibly. Their death invisible, was neither inquired into nor perceived. St. Augustine's point here is that while all can see bodily death, not all can see spiritual death. Those who are bodily dead lie lifeless, motionless, unaffected by the sights and sounds around them. Men who are dead in their souls, on the other hand, continue to move about. They speak, take note of the sights and sounds around them, and give the impression of being alive. But their spiritual senses are dead. Sin has rendered them insensitive to God. This is one of the most tragic consequences of all sin, that it diminishes our sensitivity to God and to the things of God. No wonder then that when in 
Book 10 of the Confessions, St. Augustine speaks of his own conversion. He describes it in terms of a reawakening of all his spiritual senses. His deafness becomes hearing. His blindness, sight. His inability to smell enjoyment of the fragrance of Christ. His loss of taste, a new palate by which to taste the sweetness of God. His insensibility, the ability to feel the touch of God. We all know well, I think, the passage, but it is always worth hearing again. Too late loved I thee, O thou beauty of ancient days, yet ever new. Too late I loved thee. And behold, thou wert within, and I abroad, and there I searched for thee. Deformed I, plunging amid those fair forms which thou hast made, Thou wert with me, but I was not with thee. Things held me far from thee, which, unless they were in thee, were not at all. Thou callest and shoutest and burstest my deafness. Thou flashest, shonest, and scatterest my blindness. Thou breathest odors, and I drew in breath and panted for thee. I tasted and hunger and thirst. Thou touchest me, and I burned for thy peace. Wheresoever Jesus is present, he heals the infirm, opens the ears of the heart, Give sight to the spiritually blind, breathes forth the fragrance of his divinity, invites the hungry to eat and the thirsty to drink, reaches out and touches those who lie in wait for the power of his hand. St. Augustine notes that we find in the Gospels three resurrections from the dead. The daughter of Jairus, you remember her, the young girl, lay dead within the house. The young man of Nahum was being carried along the road. Lazarus was buried and already four days in the tomb. Each of these three resurrections signifies a kind of spiritual death, or if you will, a state of sin. St. Augustine says, these three kinds of dead persons are three kinds of sinners, whom even at this day Christ doth raise. For that dead daughter of the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, was within the house. She had not yet been carried out from the secrecy of its walls into public view. There within was she raised and restored alive to her parents. But the second was not now indeed in the house, 
but still not yet in the tomb. This is the young man of today's gospel. He had been carried out of the walls, but not yet committed to the ground. He who raised the dead maiden, who was not yet carried out, raised this dead man, who was now carried out, but not yet buried. There remained a third case, that he should raise one who was also buried. And this he did in Lazarus. You see, first St. Augustine describes those whose sin is covert. Those who have not carried the evil deed to which inwardly they have already given consent. They have not carried it out. No one, I think, better understands and describes the psychology of sin than St. Augustine. Listen to what he says. There are then those who have sin inwardly in the heart, but have not yet in overt act. A man, for instance, is disturbed by any lust. For the Lord himself saith, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. He has not yet in body approached her, but in heart he has consented. He has one dead within. He has not yet carried him out. There's a play on words here. Carrying out the action, you see. Carrying out the dead one within. And as it often happens, as we know, as men daily experience in themselves, when they hear the word of God, as it were the Lord saying, Arise! The consent unto sin is condemned. They breathe again unto saving health and righteousness. The dead man in the house arises. The heart revives in the secret of the thoughts. This resurrection of a dead soul takes place within, in the retirement of the conscience, as it were, within the walls of the house. Secondly, St. Augustine describes those who have carried out, again, play on words, their sinful intention. He says, others, after consent, proceed to overt act, carrying out the dead, as it were, that that which was concealed in secret may appear in public. Are these now, who have advanced to the outward act, past hope? This is a very sensitive phrase. St. Augustine asks, if souls who have consented to sin and actually carried out their sin, are they past hope? Here, St. Augustine and our father, St. Benedict, would join together to say with us with one voice, et de dei misericordia nunquam desperare, and never to despair of the mercy of God. St. Augustine goes on, Was it not said to the young man in the gospel also, I say unto thee, Arise? 
Was he not also restored to his mother? So then, he too, who has committed the open act, if haply admonished and aroused by the word of truth, he rise again at the voice of Christ, is restored alive. Go so far as he could, perish forever he could not. There's great consolation in this last line, precisely because it gives hope to the sinner. Go so far he could, perish forever he could not. Thirdly, St. Augustine describes sinners who are sunk so deeply in sin that they deny that sin is sin and lie, as it were, buried and stinking beneath the weight of vice. St. Augustine says, such as these, pressed down by a malignant habit. The allusion, of course, is to the, the grave stone. Are, as it were, buried. Yea, what shall I say, brethren? In such sort buried, as was said of Lazarus, by this time he stinketh. That heap placed upon the grave is this stubborn force of habit, whereby the soul is pressed down and is not suffered either to rise or to breathe again. St. Augustine invites us to hear today's gospel in such wise that it rouses us from the sleep of death that is sin and calls us anew into the light of life. And so, he says, Let us then, dearly beloved, in such wise hear these things, that they who are alive may live, that they who are dead may live again. Can you imagine St. Augustine preaching this in his church in Hippo? He must have hold, held his people spellbound when he preached. Whether it be that as yet the sin has been conceived in the heart and not come forth into open act, let the thought be repented of and corrected. Let the dead within the house of conscience arise. Or whether he has actually committed what he thought of. Let not even thus his case be despaired of. The dead within has not arisen. Let him arise when he is carried out. Let him repent of his deed. Let him at once return to life. Let him not go to the depth of the grave. Let him not receive the load of habit upon him. But, peradventure, I am now speaking to one who is already pressed down by this hard stone of his own habit, who is already laden with the weight of custom, custom, habitual sin, you see, who has been in the grave four days already, and who stinketh. Yet, let not even him despair. He is dead in the depth below, but Christ is exalted on high. 
He knows how by his cry to burst asunder the burdens of earth. He, Christ, knows how to restore life within by himself and to deliver him to the disciples to be loosed. Let even such as these stinking sinners repent. For when Lazarus had been raised again after the four days, no foul smell remained in him when he was alive. Is that not magnificent? St. Augustine's conclusion is an appeal to us all. Today Christ comes nigh. So then, let them who are alive still live, and let them who are dead, whosoever they be, in which kind soever of these three deaths they find themselves, see to it that they rise again at once with all speed. And the offertory antiphon that we shall say in just a few moments. What is it? It is you will discover the prayer of one called out of death into life. As is so often the case, the offertory antiphon continues the gospel narrative. Today's offertory antiphon is the prayer of the young man of Nahum who, upon opening his eyes, saw the face of Jesus and then the face of his mother. It is the prayer of each of us. And so we shall say, with expectation have I waited for the Lord. Expectans, expectari. Expecting, waiting have I waited for the Lord. And he was attentive to me. He was attentive to me. And he put a new canticle into my mouth, a song to our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.